0: you're listening to for the love of freelance
1: today tia and i are joined by ariel astoria a spoken word poet gifted writer and author captivating and authentic mc speaker and actor as well as freelance contracted poet we're talking about turning our passions into freelancing positions her inspiration for creative direction and how she landed her incredible Skims campaign with kim kardashian Hi, Arielle. Welcome to For the Love of Freelance. We're so happy to have you here today. Let's just start with a quick look at how life was like for you as a creative during the pandemic, how it looks for you now, and then we'll get into all the other questions that we have for you today.
2: Yeah, it definitely has been a wave. I wasn't one of those people who stopped working. I worked pretty much all throughout COVID. There are moments where it would be quieter, but I think in the wave of like, how do we exist online? How do we find connection? How do we find space? I was still doing conferences and and podcasts and live recordings and things that were shared later and Facebook lives. And my husband was only out for like two months. So we didn't really have a huge slowdown. So it's been very full. I think there was like a huge need for creatives and for artists in this space where we're like, how do we find connection? How do we find hope in the midst of all this Work has been really full in these last few seasons. I got to start traveling again this year, which I really miss. That was like probably one of the most heartbreaking things about, you know, work not happening. And so I was like, oh, I just want (laughs) to be on a plane and I want someone to pay for it. You know, like, and I want to go somewhere. I relate so hard. So it's been fun to travel again within the last like year. Yeah, I've had some really cool opportunities and campaigns that just turned into like in real life things. So it's been a very full season. I signed a book deal. I wrote a book. A lot of things that happened in the last few years. And there was also a lot of grief. I lost my uncle. I got married. So it's just been like these waves of things over the last three years that honestly just feels like one really long one. I was
0: just in our team meeting today being like, what year is it right now? I I don't (laughs)
2: <laughs> right. Where
0: are we in this, you know, multiverse at this point? Oh, uh, Anna's a big traveler on our team, much more than I am now.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go to Spain in a month, and I'm super excited.
0: Amazing. But what
1: are some trips that you've been taking since things have opened back up?
2: The first one, I believe, was New York. And that one was really cool because I wrote a poem for Pure Leaf Tea, And they're like, we love it. We're going to turn it into a mural. And I was like, okay, great. So I went to New York and was in Brooklyn and Manhattan. And I got to watch my words on a giant nine-foot wall with these beautiful art pieces by this artist out there named Perrin, who also did the cover of my book. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that was like my first trip and it was like so fun. I got to bring my husband. That was his first time to New York. I've been many, many times. If I wasn't such a sunshine human, I would live there. But I am anemic (laughs) and I don't know if I would survive the winter. So I love going when it's cute. I can wear a coat and some boots, but like still feel my legs, you know? And then I went back to New York middle of summer to do a campaign with Nyx and Ashley Graham, which was like just unreal so yeah new york has been probably my treasure spot in the last year that's amazing you're in la right now right yeah i'm based in pasadena technically so los angeles adjacent
0: yeah i'm more inspired
1: when i'm warm i just work better when i have the chance to get out of the house and people are in better moods when the sun is out i think so we're all just vibing better
0: got a lot of warm weather girls here
2: Definitely. And we had our first cloudy day. And I was just like, why do I just want to hibernate? Like the amount of recluse I wanted to do, which is good. I'm like, I think winter invites that and trying to practice that rest more. But then I'm also like, once the sun's out, I'm like, where are we doing? Where are we going? What's happening? You know? No, I totally agree.
0: Well, I just saw your beautiful book cover and I wanted to kind of know what your inspiration was behind the yeah. book and the cover design, because it is gorgeous.
2: Thank you. The title is The Unfolding. I'm such a aesthetic person. Not just like, oh, my feed looks a certain way. As you can tell, I have backdrops. Like, everything is, like, very neutral. There's, like, plants around me. And so I wanted it to feel like something was unfolding. Because I, you know, identify as a woman. I write a lot for women. I really wanted this line design woman on the cover. The artist is Perrin. She also did the line design for the mural that we did together in Brooklyn. And so I was like, let's pull that inspiration. Like when I saw that piece for the first time, it was like, I felt like it was me. I felt like she was like a part of me, like this being she created. And I wanted that same essence on the cover. There was like a lot of conversation of like, oh, is it just going to be you on the cover? And I'm like, no, it's not an autobiography. It's a part of me and an extension of me. And my story is in it, but I don't want that to be people's only takeaway. Mm -hmm. And so I sent her the book so she could read through some of the pages. And I let her see what she created from that first, and then we built from there. From the colors to I want the sun to be something she's holding, but then also a part of, you know, as a way of talking about expansion and about growing and about being one with ourselves and the world around us. And then I want the leaves around her like almost moving because the whole conversation around the unfolding is that we are changing and evolving and growing human beings. And a lot of times that doesn't mean burying our old selves into the ground and becoming something else, but more so just like peeling back layers of like what doesn't serve and what does serve and becoming these bloomed, existed human beings. And so for me, it was birth out of a lot of season of undoing you know, I grew up in a very faith-based community. And so it was like, what does faith and spirituality look like for me now? You know, what does faith and spirituality look like for me in my 30s with a conversation of embodiment, with the conversation of, you know, being one with my partner, but not in a way, you know, that it's been patriarchal in the way I've seen before. What does it mean to be okay with embracing who I am as a physical human being and not shunning those things, but fully embracing those things? And also, what does it mean to be an artist and a Black woman in today's society? And how do all of those aspects of my identity play part into this conversation of growing and changing? And I think the pandemic was such a season for everyone where we just kind of had to grapple with this concept of who we are. And what do we want to be in this world? And a lot of shedding happened in that space and in that season. And so the unfolding is shedding, you know, the unfolding is growing and expanding. And I kind of interpreted that process, if you will, the unfolding process within five sections or five phases. So you'll find the awakening, the eclipsing, the illuminating, the mending, and then the returning. And what I experienced in each of those phases, there will be poems in there. So it is a very poem-heavy book, but also essays to kind of bring those poems together and to talk more about it. And then intros onto what the awakening, what the eclipsing, what the illuminating, what the mending, and what the returning means. And then each phase ends in journal prompts, because I want people to be able to take it into their own story. Like, it's great. You can hear from me. You can hear my poems, and that's wonderful. But like, what difference does it make if it doesn't resonate with you? being able to journal at the end of each phase so that you can just sit and reflect with it. And then it's also pretty. So you can put it on your coffee table, (laughs) you know, you can have it on your bedside table. And so, yeah, that's the last two, three years for me of just like writing that piece of work and getting ready for the world to have it in March of next year. Awesome.
1: Well, I know it's highly anticipated by a lot of people. The cover is gorgeous, but there is a lot of good stuff in there, I'm sure. I'm always curious about the publishing side when it comes to books. So I do want to ask, did you get approached to write the book? Or did you write your book and then pitch
2: it to different companies? So kind of a mix of all of that. So in 2018, I don't know what it was, but I think there was just this wave of literary agents just going through Instagram and just reaching out to people. And I was one of those people. So in 2018, I had about five different publishers reach out. They're like, you should write a book. You should write a book. I had a mentor at the time. He was like, great, let's do this. We're going to jump on it. We're going to write a proposal. And we're writing this proposal and it feels so forced I could not even tell you to this day what we wrote because I don't, I literally don't remember because I wasn't excited about it. I didn't feel connected to it. I also didn't feel ready. I always felt like I would write a book and I have two self-published books that I co-wrote with other people and they're just poetry. You can find those on my website or on Amazon. And those are really fun and they're very straightforward, just poetry back and forth between the two of us. This one though, I was like, I know I'm going to write a something soon. I just don't know when that is. And then those publishers are approaching. I was like, I guess it's now. But as I'm working with my mentor, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. This doesn't feel right. And so that summer, I went to this retreat with other influential women, if you will. And there were literary agents there that we could talk to and kind of powwow questions off of. One of them is now my literary agent. She was the first person to tell me you know you don't have to write a book right now and I was like I can say no you know like I can say no to this opportunity and I think that is such a monumental thing for for me for creators for freelancers because we're I mean the idea of losing of missing an opportunity I don't know about you but like low-key makes me want to throw up sometimes you know I'm like (laughs) did I miss it is it gone Was that it? You know, was that the next thing? Yep. And so to find that relief from someone in the industry, from someone very connected, I was like, I can say no. You know, like, I cannot do this right now. And so I reached back out to all of those publishers at the end of 2018. I was like, I don't have a book right now. Thank you for your patience. I don't have it right now. Feel free to reach out when I do, I guess, you know? Yeah. And then a year later, I have my letter agent and she's like, okay, I think you have a book. We need to start having a conversation. So just a year later. And timing has been such a big thing for me these days. It comes down to just like an art almost, you know? And not missing it. And what does it look like? And I really believe in orchestrated timing. I really believe in divine. However you interpret divine. I think there's something about timing that is completely out of our control. No matter how hard we work sometimes. You know. It's all about truly being positioned in the right place at the right time. So just a year later. 2019 into 2020, I was like, I think I have a book. So now I have a team. Now I have people I can like regurgitate these ideas to. And I already had started writing. Like I'm constantly writing. So a lot of the poems already existed. Like even my husband is reading my proof right now. And he's like, it's cool because like, I remember you sharing these poems with me, you know, like they're not all new poems, like they're all coming from different seasons. And so then I repitched one of those publisher companies, which was Harper One, re-reached back out and Katie, who is my editor, she just stayed with me and it's been like five or six years. that this woman has just like watched, encouraged, you know, and just been like in the sidelines. Yeah, she's been so wonderful. So I'm under Harper One Books, which is a sister section under Collins. Yeah, it's been really cool to like do a non self-published thing. It's a lot more hands, you know, in the kitchen, which is really fun. And also just a lot more work. And so um, we did like four or five drafts of it. And every draft in between was sent back and forth. And I got edits and notes and, you know, conversations like we need to do more here we need to fill this space you know and so i don't love being told what to do so it was a great exercise on like you know taking criticism or taking adjustment and mm-hmm. taking notes without it being like oh i'm an awful writer but i definitely had those moments where i'm like laughing like editing my book and i'm like what are you doing who do you think you are and so imposter syndrome definitely still (laughs) made its way in that process but not enough to stop me from finishing it Amazing. amazing
1: shout out to katie
2: yeah shout out to katie shout out to whitney my two literary angels who else is on your team yeah. So I have Katie and Chantal. They're both under Harper one. And then I'm starting to get to know more of the marketing side. So McKenna is all I have so far. And then with my literate agents, there's like a tag team. So there's Lauren, who was the one who like flew out when she knew I was writing on stuff. And we had a conversation about it. And she also did the design for my proposal that was just stunning, absolutely stunning. So she's my very like, creative soundboard. And Whitney is my very, like, I'll be your mean mom if you want me to kind of soundboard. We all need that, yeah. Which is really great. We all need that because I I just, like, in the queen and wanting to be nice and not to say the hard things. So Whitney's like, cool, I got it. <laughs> Just a wonderful powerhouse of a human being who is like so connected and so confident in how she moves, and I love seeing that, watching that, and being a part of that. So we have Lauren and Whitney, and they're under Content Capital, which is my literary agent. And then we have under Harper One, we have Chantel and Whitney, and a little splash of McKenna. And so those are like my literary people, and then I have other people who just like help with photos and things like that. Like I have a really great community of creative and innovative people. It's really nice to be surrounded by people who, well, that understand, you know, the chaos that we live in sometimes. Yes,
0: and we definitely live in chaos. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have a traditional agent for PR in addition to a literary agent? I don't. I do
2: all of my really PR, if you will, on my own. So even now, as I'm like, you know, the pre-sale aspect of the book, I'm like, what can I do now? So I literally was like, I want a movie trailer before a book. So I filmed that. And like, so the poem in it is the intro of the book. And then I created like this melody song to it. And then we did like a little 30 second one minute movie with it. And I was like, this is my book trailer. And so I'm really just kind of making stuff up as I go. I don't know if I'm at the level yet where I need a whole PR person, but right now there's a little person in my head who's my PR person.
0: But I love the type of creativity you're bringing to your book launch. I think that's mm-hmm. special and is going to stand out a lot more too. Thank you. That means a Where lot. do you usually pull your inspiration from?
2: That's a great question. I think I intake so much on Instagram, on TikTok, on different social medias from different people, from different artists. And then my brain kind of takes all of that and like, okay, but what does that mean for Ariel? What does that look like for me? And I do love the creative directing. So when we do videos, pretty much everything I've produced video-wise or content-wise are just like ideas that even the one you were talking about this morning of, is there a rush? Like I literally wash my hair and put my towel over my head and I'm wrapping and I'm like, why are you moving so fast? Like what is the rush? And then that's where that poem came from. My brain just operates that way. It's definitely an intake from other things, but there's a simmering. My creative style is very crockpot. I'll take in information and it just sits for a few hours and then I'm like, is there a poem? You know, like this. What's happening in my head right now or I write down the idea and so I'm really easily inspired by other people. I'm an Enneagram 4, so I'm constantly trying to figure out how I'm different. You know, like how can I show up in this world that's so saturated and so consumed and just be somewhat of a pause in the midst of all of it is kind of like my goal and my intention and so Yeah, the chaos, you know, the chaos that we embody and the chaos in my head that sometimes turns into some really beautiful things. That's incredible.
1: I can't believe that you do so much yourself because I feel like right now you are literally everywhere. You are working with so many impressive brands. I have to ask about the Skims campaign. That one is
2: a really fun one. I remember getting the email and I literally. Chuckled. I literally <laughs> laughed. I was like, "Oh, this is spam." Oh. In what world that a Kardashian <laughs> lives in? Am I getting any type of association? So I, I send the email to my modeling agency at the time, and I was like, "Is this real?" You know. And they go back and forth with them. They're like, "Yeah, this real." And I got it on like a Tuesday. They asked me to confirm Thursday. I shot that next Tuesday. Wow. So it was a very quick turnaround. And it was so fun. And I thought I was going in as a model. So like, I definitely have like compartmentalized in my brain, because I do do a handful of things. So it's like, there's the model me, you know, there's poet me, there's speaker me, there's workshop me, like, I definitely know how to compartmentalize it. And I show up. And I even dress different, you know, like when it comes down to those things. And so I am, you know, sewed up on set, hair and makeup. I'm chatting with everyone because I'm, I'm not a model that doesn't like to engage with other people. Like, because I sit in so many other worlds, I'm like asking people how they got there. And I mean, the women they had for that first section is the director was in a taco shop, loved the tacos, thought the woman was beautiful, and was like, you want to be in my shoot that I'm doing with freaking Kim Kardashian. And there's another woman that they met somewhere randomly. So, even the group of people that time was not just models, which I really loved. So you're there all day. I mean, it was a nine hour day, and most of it was just chilling in a skim's robe talking to people. and you get into the room, you're already in your bodysuit or your bra or whatever shaper. When it first started, it was just shaper. Yeah. There wasn't you know the collection we see to this day. And so we're in our shape where we get in, we're watching other people and I'm like, oh, it's a video didn't know that, you know, but again, I'm like, being behind camera doesn't bother me. So I'm like, cool. I'm listening to the question. So I'm like, okay, name. Okay. How does that make you feel? Great. Putting on these tiny little European shoes that did not fit my feet. And I get up to my place and they're like, okay, who's next? All right, great. You're the poet, right? And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are we switching? What's happening? You know, <laughs> they're like, oh, when we record, can you just do something, a little something for us? And I was like, shh. <laughs> Sure. Good thing I'm a spoken word poet and my things are memorized most of the time. Otherwise, I would have been like, something what, you know? And so I was like, sure. So I did my questions and then I did my poem. I took a Polaroid and I went home. And then at that time, it was called a name that was racially inappropriate. And so they had to do a whole rebranding. So our stuff was kind of put on pause for a while. They changed the name skims yeah. and then they put out the content it was still fun I still look at that Polaroid I still look at that video it was still a very fun shoot and even my parents you know I think that was for them they're like she might be like doing things you know like that was I yeah. think that was their moment where they're like dad of course was like what do you have on I'm like you know it's a, it's <laughs> And then my brother, who's like, now he's 17, he was like, yo, you're on Kim's Instagram. So it was fun. I got to be with my family when it went live. So they're all watching my Instagram, watching Kim's Instagram and Skims. And it was super fun. So yeah, that was like a really beautiful, it was a fun shoot. And it did a little bit of a propel in my career. I think I was verified because of that and got to do a lot of podcasts after that as well, because people are like, tell us the tea, you know, like give us the information. I can
0: imagine. What an experience. Yeah, it was really cool. And now that you're juggling a bunch of different passions, what would you say is your number one when it comes to balancing all of them? How do you handle that?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I think luckily for me, there's so much joy in all of it. So it feels less of a balance and more of just like time management at the end of the day. I love being able to be at a shoot and then be somewhere else and then be on a set for a commercial the next day. And then that week and be at a, you know, a fundraiser for a gala for, you know, this really cool nonprofit that I'm opening for with poetry, you know, like I, I thrive in those spaces. And I always said I wanted to be an artist with my hands in a lot of different places because I am multi-passionate about so many different things. I used to think so much of the conversation is like, find your niche, find your niche, find your niche. I think my niche is not necessarily the thing that I'm doing. I think my niche is the overall theme in which and why I'm doing it. You know, like that's the niche. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be in spaces where people feel encouraged, empowered. And if that's specifically, you know, female and identifying people, then that's that's the niche. And however that spreads out into different spaces, that's what I want to do. And so I've always wanted to just storytell in whatever capacity in which I could do that. And so, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to time management to resting you know like I did that video last Monday and I noticed for the rest of the week I was like if I don't have to show up and do something I'm not and I didn't realize how much that mentally and emotionally took out of me you know having to not only execute direct hire you know make sure my photographer's on site my assistant has snacks for everyone make sure I have a makeup artist for myself because yeah you probably should do that make sure the videographer make sure he knows where we're going so the rest of the week I was like yeah I think that was enough work for me unless I need to respond to an email. So I think mostly just comes down to time management. And then if there's joy in all of it, then I think you just find a way to figure it out because you want to and because it doesn't feel like work. I feel very, very lucky. This is what you do for a living. (laughs) You know, like this is wild. And I still am, am shocked by that. So I think time management, making sure you have help is the biggest part. I used to think I could do it by myself. And then I realized how insane that was and unnecessary, to be honest. And it's so much better when there are other hands part of it. You know, like that's a wrap with this group of amazing human beings. So,
0: yeah. Is there any tools that you utilize for your business right now that you are really enjoying to kind of manage everything?
2: Website wise, I use ShowIt and finding not even a designer, but finding someone who understands the web paging. Do not give me a code. Do not, you know, like, do not give me a back end situation. My brain doesn't work like that. Now, give me aesthetic, give me a layout, a template for an email. Yeah. I'm all over that. But give me a back end situation. So, I have a girl who I consistently reach out to, and she updates my website, and I, you know, pay her whatever her hourly is. And so, that has been a huge help of like, I don't need to do it all. I think a lot of times we are trying to get as savvy as possible. If you're good at it, Go for it. But, like, don't do it at the expense of not being able to do other things well. And that's where I was, like, really struggling with. And so I have someone for that. I use HoneyBook for all my contracts, my forms that you see on my website, type form for my email list recently I'm redoing my merch. So Shopify and Printful, which is like something had to research how to find a dropship company with a lot of products that could customize mm. and get creative with. And then also, I mean, my apps on my phone are its own thing from Canva to InShop for editing because I'm editing videos, not only reels, but also my self tapes and things like that. And I use between the two of those things, which have been really great, really useful.
0: Those are two of our faves that we utilize all the time. Just the best. And it makes life so much easier.
2: <laughs> and then having design people as well for the things that I'm like, mm, I just want this to look a little bit more, you know, professional than me tweaking a template. So, oh hello, design are the people who they did my website, they did all of my rebranding. So my logo that you see my emblem, things like that. And then eventually, we'll probably work together to do some book graphics and stuff like that. So having people that are good, and like I will just keep going back to the same people. If I find them, yeah. they work, I trust them, they become my people. So they've been really great. And I love being able to work with people as well and be at a place where I can hire other people to do stuff. That's been a huge, honestly, blessing. I think that's been the biggest change in the last few years. Yeah.
1: And it's so great to be able to choose who you work with. Right. And getting to continue those relationships. But I'm really curious what you were doing before you became a full-time poet. Mm -hmm. And Kind of how you were able to make that leap. So
2: I graduated from college and I've been doing this since then. So 2015 is when I graduated. Oh, wow. And I went to school for psychology and theater, not really knowing that I would go the creative route. So when I graduated in 2015, I was like, let me just see what the creative thing could look like. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. let me just play around with this. But what that looked like was a lot of jobs, but jobs that I look back now and I'm like, they weren't pointless. You know, they made a lot of sense to where I'm at now. So literally worked for like a stitch fix version of a company in the couple's house. And we were like styling clothes. Steaming them, mailing them out to people. And then it got to the point where I ran both their social accounts on Instagram and Twitter for both their men's and their women's section. So I was running four accounts on social media. And then my best friend started working for them too, and who's also my photographer. So then we started doing shoots for them, hiring models, finding places to shoot the clothes for the items, and then doing that and putting that on social media. So that was my job for a long time. And then I was like, okay, I need a little bit more income, but I still need to do the creative thing. So I was a teaching artist and I did that for theater and for poetry, working in elementary schools. Then I found a nonprofit and I was a poet for them while also running their social media. Probably a lot of other jobs in between there, like random summers at Jamba Juice, a few coffee shops in between, Nanny. We all have those. All the while doing the thing you know like still at conferences still going and driving to you know Malibu for yoga retreat still juggling all of that and so it wasn't really until I signed my book deal that I was like I think I could do this by myself I can be strategic about this and then also with social media I do have management for that they've been a huge saving grace I found them in covid as well so between those two things I was like I think I could actually only work for myself I mean I've been doing this again for the past seven years, but only three of those have been, I can do this on my own. I can work for myself. So without having to have a side something. So I literally graduated and I have not really worked full time with anyone. They've just been kind of sporadic things to keep me moving to the next space and to the next level that I wanted to get to.
1: I'm sure that's very encouraging for a lot of people to hear.
2: Yeah, it takes time. It- I lived with a family and their five kids, you know, until 2019. So I've only been in my cute little two bedroom apartment for the last like two something years. Like because I was paying $300 and watching children, you know, and living in an attic still while working with Lululemon and doing skims and, you know, doing all these things that are really cool and really fun to talk about. But like there were also like growing (laughs) pains happening in the process. And I think we miss out on that. And even if it sounds like, oh, she made it. I'm like, what does that actually mean? And what does that actually look like? And if you're at a place when you're enjoying what you're doing and the next thing, just even more overwhelmingly beautiful and such a blessing, then that's where we want to be. And the fact that we can wake up and do this every day. And I think that's everything. If it means something to you, that's more than enough.
0: And it takes time to set a foundation. I mean, we're at year five now, freelancing females, and we're Mm re-strategizing what's worked, what hasn't, where we are now after COVID. It's changed just so much. Well, you said you have a lot of goals for the future. So how are you kind of envisioning leveling up to the next spot?
2: I feel like, you know, writing my book was like not a closing point. I'll always be a writer. I'll always be a poet. That's just not what I do with who I am very much so. Where I'm wanting to go next is I just want to act more. So I've been like in commercial work and I have commercial agents over the last year and a half. And that's been really fun. But in terms of storytelling and being very excited and passionate about storytelling, I'm trying to get in the Shonda Rhimes world. I'm trying to get in anything Kiki Palmer or Asa Rae is doing. If there's a Wakanda in the future, you know, like that is where we are headed. I want to storytell. I want to tell more beautiful and expansive stories of what it means to be human. And I've been myself for a lot of years. And it sounds like a, such an actor thing to say, but I'm like, I'm tired, you know, of being myself. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to be somebody else for a minute. So I've done a few, like, short films and been in classes. But my goal in the next few months is to find a manager who can help me tie all these worlds I'm in together and to start getting into more TV and film. So that's where we're headed. We'll see where that takes us.
0: Have you done any exciting reads lately?
2: No, most of my self tapes are pretty straightforward commercial is very interesting. A lot of the workshops and classes will tell you you're not an actor here. And it's very true because a lot of commercials want people doing people things because that's something we're into here all the time, whereas TV and film is a little bit different. I did a short though that was really fun with Kathy Curtin, who's been in a handful of things, and Dot Jones, who is known for her role in Glee as the coach. And that was really, really fun. And I'm excited for that to come out because I got to be this Space cadet in this world post existence (laughs) as a pilot with a southern accent, and it was really stunning. So, I'm really excited about that. That's so exciting.
1: Yeah, again, I can't believe you're doing it all on your own. (laughs) It's magical. Yeah, it really was. How do you deal with challenging times? I know Mm -hmm. that you are really into like creative resting and staying grounded and
2: finding those moments, but what works for you? I think first, second, foremost, just how I perceive them. I think a lot of times it's like, this is the end of the world. This is awful. If I see it as a challenging season, just like you said, as something that is not temporary, as something that is going to shift and change, but what am I supposed to learn and grow in the midst of it? That in itself helps me to less doomsday, if you will. And also learning like these shape me. I think as a creative, you know, there were so many moments where I was like, I'm moving home. This is it. I'm getting a real job. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And in those moments, I think I built up quite an endurance for like, we've been here before. We have gone through this. We have adjusted. And I always think there's something to learn from those seasons. And if I can take that from it, whether it's rest or whether it's something that's supposed to carry me into wherever I'm going next, then I'll utilize that space. And so I'm probably going to cry about it. It might take me some days to kind of like regain my bearings, if you will. But I think when I approach it and realize this is the season, this is temporary. My head is above water. I'm okay. What am I supposed to learn here? How do I grow from this? and it's okay if it hurts. I'm all about sitting in your feelings. Sometimes those moments come just because we need to grieve a little bit, just because we need to feel a little bit. And as go, 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 do, do, do kind of people, sometimes those moments come to us just because we need to like sit down, you know, and chill out for a moment and be with ourselves and not worry about what's happening next or what I need to do next or, you know, creating content or X, Y, and Z our long list of things to do. Sometimes it's just about being in it and feeling. And so finding what it is I'm supposed to do in this season. Is it rest? Is it grief? Is it learn something and moving forward from there?
0: What steps do you usually take to kind of find that clarity? Is it your journaling that helps the most, Mm -hmm. you'd say?
2: Journaling, processing, therapy is like a huge one through writing my book, you know, and up until before that, I was in therapy for like three years just because so much was happening and I needed to process through it. And then it was post-therapy giving myself time to process what I just experienced, what I just heard, what I just intook, and just being outside. Like I'm the queen of like, go find a park and sit there, go find a beach is huge one for me. Like, love going to the beach in the winter. That's been like a really clarifying space as well. Because I look at these waves and I look at how big the ocean is and it's just like the world is so big. (laughs) And what you're experiencing might feel so big, but the world is so big. And there's something about that that's weirdly comforting. And then having a partner, a husband who's just a great standboard and really is um, such an encouragement when I am in my doomsday, you know, when I am in those moments where I can't see above water. He kind of clarifies things a little bit for me, which is really lovely. So, kind of a mix of all things. I'm just like, what feels good? What helps you remember who you are and why you're here? And do that a lot.
0: It's so helpful to have a sounding board too, and just somebody to mm-hmm. kind of bring you back when you need them. Absolutely. So I know your new book contains journal prompts. What advice
1: would you give to someone that wants to get into journaling, but is kind of intimidated by the
2: idea of doing something consistent? Consistent is so specific to the person, you know, so when we say consistent, we automatically are like, oh, yeah, every day, morning and night. If that's not consistent for you, then that's not consistency. So there's this five minute journal. It's a morning and a nighttime and you really just fill it in. What am I grateful for today? What do I hope to happen today? And then you come back in the evening. What was great about today? How could have today been better? Start there. Don't think you have to have like your deepest of thoughts when you're in your journaling process from the get. Like If that's not how you work, then that's not how you work. So the five-minute journal is really great for just practicing the habit. Once life gets a little bit busier, I start getting less consistent about it. But that's a great place to start. Another place to start is morning pages. You can find this in The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, where it's stream of conscious writing. So find a blank journal and just write. There's no prompt. You're not thinking or judging yourself in the process. You're just writing Three pages is where she starts, depending on what that looks like for you, depending on your notebook. So start there. I've done morning pages and poems have been birthed from them, like because I'll say a line or a caption or a story or a thought will be birthed from it. Oftentimes when it comes to journaling, we're just thinking too much and thinking too hard. So stream of conscious really helps to get stuff down on paper and just kind of clear space a little bit. And it's a great way to start your morning as well yeah, go from there and bring a journal with you everywhere you go. Allow that to be a spontaneous thing. I always have a journal with me or just my note to my phone because you never know when an idea will spark. There's one more and that helps you write out your dreams and stuff like that or ideas. And so have a bedside journal and let that be your morning or evening practice. Sounds very fun to have a dream journal.
1: Yeah. If someone's been journaling for a while, do you have any advice on how they could kind of dive deeper into
2: Hmm.
1: journaling and kind of letting themselves into the pages?
2: Yeah. It really depends on what you're trying to get out of it. Like if you're journaling for the sake of clarity, you know, are you trying to figure out if you're going to quit grad school or something? You know, what comes up in your journaling? What comes up in the things you're saying? And be specific with that intention. Journaling is really fun. So starting out with very specific intentions like today, I'm going to or today I will or I'm giving myself permission to show up in this way today, being specific in that way or with what are you trying to gain clarity for? What are you trying to gain understanding about being specific in that way, too? So I think in order to expand and go deeper, just specificity. I
0: love that. Are there any other projects that you're working on right now that you want our audience to know all about?
2: I mean, the book is really the biggest one look out for, you know, the trailer that I create, which I'm really excited for because it kind of mixes both of my worlds of just poetry and also creating acting space for myself and also singing a little bit. The videographer and cinematographer and editor were just, the footage is stunning. So I'm really excited to share that with you and the story behind my own shedding and my own unfolding and inviting everyone into that. And
0: can you tell us a little bit more about your book when everyone can look out for it and where we'll be able to find you and the rest of your work?
2: Yeah, so everything is my name. It's Arielle with two L's and an E. And then E-S-T-O-R-I-A, that's at Arielle Astoria or arielastoria.com. If you find me on TikTok, there's an extra A at the end. I have merch, so sweaters and tanks and mugs find it on the website as well as my other self published books and then a link to pre order The Unfolding and hopefully being able to do a tour and go and do a few different spots in different cities that I love and want to be connected to again Please
0: come to Austin so I can go listen to your book tour Yes <laughs> There's the cutest little bookshop winery that just opened <gasps> Stop love that yeah please send me that I'll be in your DMs later letting you know awesome. where it is. Sounds good. We had so much fun today. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to For the Love of Freelance and being a part of our community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and join us in our Facebook group at Freelancing Females and shop the Freelance Shop at thefreelance.shop.
1: Thanks to Janessa Clapp for editing and producing. You can reach us at hello at freelancingfemales.com.